Yo! <laughs> hey, y'all can hear me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The mic can be bugging out sometimes when I be getting on it. So. <laughs> I got to make sure everybody awake. Everybody going. Well, welcome, 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 and welcome. My name is Hunter Bruce. I am the student ministry associate here. And welcome to another student night. We are so glad to have you here. I love you. West loves you. Tech team loves you. Ben and the band love you. They're not up there, but Ben and the band love you. We all love you. And if you are here today, that means that God has ordained your steps to be here. And he has a word for you today. Okay. So tonight we are continuing our series called Divine Community. Okay. So through this series, we are studying the Holy Trinity, being the Father, or God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, okay? And last week, Wes came up, talked about God the Father, right? And how, what did Wes talk about? He talked about how, <laughs> what did you talk about? God is what? Three in one, right? Good, good. And what else? Holy, okay, what else? Kind, good, okay. But what was his main point? Y'all remember? Strong. Triangle. Indestructible. God is omnipotent, okay, good. Lots of things we learned about God, okay. So today we're going to be talking about God the Son, okay. We're going to be talking about Jesus, okay. So we're going to be talking about Jesus, and like we talked about last week, the Trinity can be a hard concept to explain, okay? Uh, the last few days, me and Wes have been talking about it and going deep in it, and sometimes, you know, your brain can turn into scrambled eggs if you're thinking about it for a long time, kind of like mine's was, okay? But like the Trinity is try to explain it, you lose your mind, but try to deny it, and you lose your soul. So it is an important concept that we as believers need to know and understand, okay? So like we talked about, there's one true God and he's in three persons. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay? But the question today that we're going to be talking about is who is Jesus, okay? Who is Jesus? In Mark chapter 8, Jesus even asked his disciples, he even asked his friends, his homeboys, who do the people say I am? One of them said, John the Baptist. One of them said, a prophet. Another one said, Elijah. But then Peter spoke up and he said, you are the Messiah. You are him. You are the Messiah. You are our Savior. Okay. But you got to understand I think what we like to do, even in today, we try to make Jesus or water down who Jesus is. We do that so we can compartmentalize him and make him smaller and understand him. But like I said, all we're doing is watering down who he is. And when we get into scripture and read our Bibles and pray and understand who he is, that is when we know the truth of what he's come to do and what he did for us. 
So today I'm going to give you three titles of Jesus to understand who he truly is, okay? So the first title is that he is, oh, nope, he is the word made flesh. John chapter 1, verses 14, it says the word, the word being Jesus, not just our Bibles, but Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace. So the Word became flesh, the Word became human, the Word became human and made his dwelling among us. He lived among us, he lived amongst the people, okay? And so the next thing, the next title is that, or he is a high priest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, who let us hold firmly to the faith that we possess. Understand, during those times back in the day, the high priest, or when you sinned, you would go to the high priest, and the high priest would take your sins to God and forgive you. But Jesus, since he died for our sins and bridged the gap, he is our high priest. We don't have to go to a person or an individual anymore. We go to Jesus. He bridged the gap for us. And being that he is a human, he empathizes with us. He understands our struggles. He understands our pain. He understands our trials and tribulations that we go through because he was not only 100% God, but he was also 100% human. Now you're probably like wondering, Hunter, like that's crazy. But this term, this term that I want you, that I want to explain to you is called hypostatic union. Hypostatic union. Can you guys say that with me? Hypostatic union. All right, now everybody. Hypostatic union, okay? I'm trying to make or sound out the words. I just learned the word a couple days ago. So hypostatic union, okay? It is the union of Jesus' humanity and his divinity in one personhood. So if anyone asks you, Hunter, or what does that mean? You tell them that it is the unity of Jesus' humanity and his divinity in one personhood. And that is a theological term. So, you know, when you guys are defending the gospel and preaching to your friends, you hit them with that word, they will be flustered. They won't know what to do. Okay, so make you guys look a little smarter. So, I'm going to read you guys Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8. Starting at verse 6, it says, Who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even on a cross. So in a nutshell, in those verses, what it's trying to tell us that Jesus, he submits to God's will. 
he voluntarily took on human nature for us, and he lived in total obedience to God the Father. Okay. You see, understand when Jesus came to earth, he had one goal in mind. And that goal was to give us an opportunity to accept him. Understand, that's not, it doesn't say make us accept him. It's an opportunity. It's something that you have to choose. Because God loves you so much that he's not going to make you choose him. He's only going to give you the opportunity. You see, when Jesus came to earth, people were unsure about who he was. They are very skeptical. Even today, people are still trying to figure out who he is. They just don't want to say he's the savior. So they give him things like a, a teacher. They call him a historical figure. They call him things like a carpenter or a, a worker of miracles or all these other names that are the names except the savior. But the other title that I want to tell you what he truly is, he is truly our savior. 2 Timothy 1.10. Starting in verse 10, it says, But it has now been revealed through the appearance of our Savior. Say that again for you. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, not our historical figure, right? Not just our teacher, not just our miracle worker, our Savior, Christ Jesus who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality. Not just life, but life and immortality to light through the gospel. You see, Adam and Eve brought sin into the world. They brought sin into the world, and that sin separated us from God. Why? Because God is holy. And because God is holy... He punishes sin. He's not a fan of that. That's not his thing. He's full of goodness and grace and he's full of purity. So that thing cannot be coexisting with God. But God loves us so much that he sent his son for us. And I feel like we miss that a lot. Like we just think God is just here to control us like it's like Sims or something like that. You know, y'all know what Sims is? No? That's all right. It's, it's, it's boring. It's an iPhone game. But in other words, it's just like a game where you control people. And that's kind of how, God see, how some people see God. But when we sinned, we lost, we lost connection with God. And God wanted us and loved us so much that he sent his own son, his one and only son, to redeem us. So that we could one day have an opportunity to be with him. And avoid eternal separation from him. So after Jesus' death, after he's put to death, he resurrected. And when he resurrected, he defeated death. He defeated Satan. He defeated the grave. He defeated all these things. And he was here for 40 days. In human form. Doing even more things for the people. And then after that, 
he ascended into heaven. And he is currently in heaven preparing a place for us, preparing a place for people who have put their truth in him. I'm going to read you John 14, verse 3. It says, and if I go, that I, that's Jesus talking, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. What I want you to get, if there's anything that you get from tonight, I want you to understand that salvation is found in no other name than Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Salvation is found in no other name than the name of Jesus Christ. It's not found in any person. It's not found in anything any object is not found in the world. People get that confused. People look in the world for salvation and grace, but the world is going to fade away one day, right? It's not going to be here forever. Salvation is only found in his name. He created us. He upholds us. He offers salvation. And he's the one that can only forgive sin. So my question to you guys is, do you believe that today? Do you believe that with all your heart? Y'all looking at Tommy, but Tommy bold, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me talk to Tommy. Relax, relax, relax. Do you believe that in your heart? Do you believe that God died for your sins? Do you believe that truth? Do you believe that today? So for those of you who haven't, I just want to give you guys an opportunity now. So let's all bow our heads together. Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for this time that we have together. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone in the room that doesn't believe your truth and is struggling with that, I pray that you show them that you love them and that you care about them, and that you'll always be with them. And if you're one of those people in the room, nobody's looking around, there's nothing to be ashamed of, that's you today, go ahead and put your hand up.
kasih Maybe you're someone in the room and you don't even know when you got saved. You come to church every Wednesday and every Sunday, but you've never really accepted the gift of salvation that Jesus offers us. That's you, we, me or Wes would love to pray for you, pray with you, talk to any of the adult leaders in the back if you have any questions. But if you raise your hand and you want to accept that gift of salvation and spend eternity in heaven with Jesus, go ahead and pray these words with me. Dear Lord, I am a sinner. I realize that I've done wrong. But I believe that your son, Jesus Christ, your one and only son, came and died for my sins so that I can spend an eternity with you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I love you. And that's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.